You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mean Old Lion Media presents Wardrobe Boss. Hey there, thank you for joining the conversation on the Wardrobe Boss podcast. I'm Eliza Perilla, a personal stylist and home organization coach, and I am the Wardrobe Boss. Uh, Today we're talking about the hidden treasures in your closet. And trust me, yes, you have hidden treasure in your closet, even you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My guest today is Natalie Chodnowitz, and she's here to talk about her discovery of all the hidden gems in her closet and in her heart. Natalie, thank you for joining us today on the Wardrobe Boss Podcast. Hi, Eliza. Thank you so much for having me. I am overjoyed to be here today. Well, thank you for bringing your bright presence. You do have like a bright, shiny presence. So thank you for bringing that on the podcast. Natalie, a lot of women assume that when they work with me or when they work with a stylist, that the first thing they're going to tell them is get rid of everything and purchase all new clothes. In fact, they're ready for it. Um, And that's rarely the case on the end of the stylist. Were you surprised that when we worked together, a whole new gorgeous wardrobe already existed in your closet? Oh, Eliza, I was so surprised beyond. I was really prepared for the worst. In fact, I had just sort of embraced myself for it when I brought you in to to take a look at my closet. I embraced for the worst. I was feeling embarrassed about my closet and uh, sort of, you know, ashamed of it, I guess, in some sense, because I felt like I hadn't tended to it in a long time and had sort of neglected it all around. And so I was really embraced for like the worst. Um, <laughs> so um, I was very pleasantly surprised to to see that that wasn't going to be the case. So it just um, kind of gave me a new sense of of wonder in my own closet and a new a new set of eyes to look at it freshly again, which I so appreciated in you. You know what's really interesting, and this is the truth that sometimes the people that are embarrassed about their closet are the people who have absolutely nothing to be embarrassed about. Mm -hmm. And then the people who are not, sometimes they're the people who need the most work. And so I just find it interesting that as women, I think in general, and I'm not speaking this over us, so I just want to be clear on that. But as women, we are so hard on ourselves. When I walked in your closet, I didn't find anything that you thought, not one thing that you thought matched with anything that I saw in person. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be fascinating, right? Because it, again, it just goes to show. And so what I saw when I walked in your closet was a very organized closet, which made me really happy. And then the second thing I saw was that you didn't have a ton of clothes. You have a great amount of clothing, but you didn't, your closet was not overstuffed with clothes. And I saw that you lived out of not a huge collection of clothing that overwhelmed your closet real estate. And I was really um, impressed with that because when you can see what you own, it just makes life so much easier. I think you just needed a different perspective. 
Agreed wholeheartedly. And, and I appreciate you for saying that it doesn't always feel like the most organized closet and it, it often isn't. But um, but I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I really value um, quality over, over quantity of items. And I've been trying to be more diligent in that pursuit um, with my closet and be more purposeful in the things that I'm purchasing and, and, the, and the way that I'm using things. Um, rather than living in, in an abundance of things that I don't necessarily use or wear. So it's still a work in progress, I'd say, but it's, um, it is my ultimate goal to, to have more quality pieces than quantity pieces and, and pieces that I'm actually um, wearing on a regular day-to-day basis. So another thing I noticed was that it seemed to me like you were probably um, timid about adding new things to your closet because I can tell what was a little bit newer and it seemed like you were adding new pieces but with trepidation like you were like walking on eggshells adding new things right absolutely and i think i was a little bit paralyzed so for me with my wardrobe what had happened is i had previously um when i was living in new york i i actually shopped quite a bit and i i bought lots of really great quality items um that i used for for various corporate um, corporate events and, and personal events and things that I was attending. And, and I, um, I really loved those pieces. And then I got married and I had three children quite close together and I gained a, a bit of weight through that process. And my clothes fit differently or didn't fit at all um, over that time. And, and so it just became a really sort of dark season for me where all of my go-tos weren't my favorites anymore. And I, I didn't, let go of most of them. I kept most of them because I loved them so much. And I think I was sort of dreaming of fitting into them one day. And when I finally did lose that weight, I felt a little lost about, are they still worthy? Are they completely outdated now? Am I, do I look, you know, um, do I look too old to put these on at this point? You know, things like that, that are going through your mind uh, when you haven't been wearing them actively um, and you're not seeing them in the stores anymore. So um, they're quality pieces, but when I would go to the stores that I regularly shopped at, I I wasn't finding things like I did so easily before. I wasn't mm-hmm. finding things that I loved or that fit super well, or um, you know things that just just seemed like they were me. Um, I found really generic things, frankly, and uh, and so I think that I started doubting my own um, ability to choose items in the stores. And, um, and sort of thought, okay, you know what, I've just been so distracted with my children and, and home life that I have just lost touch of fashion in general and, and don't have a clue and, and really need some help, um, which to an extent that's true, <laughs> so, which is why I need you in my life, Eliza. So I'm, I'm grateful for, for having you on board, but you've also just sort of given me a, a renewed sense of life when it comes to the way I'm dressing. And so for that, I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Well, and, and you're welcome. It's like, it's my pleasure. I had so much fun in your closet. I had so much fun with just discovering what you had that you didn't know you had. I mean, you really had hidden treasure. And again, you know, it's, it's not that you were out of touch with fashion. I get that you felt like that, but the truth is we're in a time when marketing is more important than merchants and their merchandise. So when you buy something new, um, it's just a different experience than before, before the designer was like, um, leading the show. 
Like they were leading. They'd say, okay, this is, this is how you shop. This is what you do. And now since everything is so fast, 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 now we're running the show and we're like, no, I want this. I want that. I want this. So it's, that's part of the reason why. Um, so with that being said, when you go to shop, where's the first place you go to shop? You know, for me, it's a little different because I'm quite petite, right? So I'm 4'11", mm-hmm. and um, and so I have to be really careful with with um, my options. A lot of my options are, are pretty limited. I tend to gravitate towards brands that I know are cut a little bit smaller in the shoulders in particular. Um, I know those will typically fit me a lot better without needing a lot of alterations. I, I tend to go to brands that I am familiar with um, that I know that I know catered more to that arena. I also tend to shop at, at stores that I know really well, that I trust already. I'm not really shopping at new stores. I do try to keep a balance. A friend of mine, um, whom you, I believe, you know, Lynette Lewis had always talks about like high, low fashion. And I, Mm -hmm. I really like that phrase. And I like that um, approach to fashion as well, where you're sort of mixing a variety of really high end pieces with um, with normal pieces that aren't going to necessarily break the bank, um, but that also can kind of keep your your wardrobe a little bit fresh. Um, so I like to mix a lot of my classic pieces with with items that are are you know maybe a little bit more trendy and try and find a balance like that. Um, and and I think that works really well for me. So I, I I hope that answers your question. But I I just tend to gravitate to the same sort of places that have. Uh, treated me well in the pla- in the past and have good return policies. I don't shop a lot in person, not only because of COVID, but also um, it just, it suits me a lot better. I can typically find my sizes a lot better if I'm shopping online, just the variety in, of options um, is, is better for me than what I will often find in the stores. Do you find that you shop on Instagram besides shopping online at your favorite stores? Are there other avenues now? Do you say, hey, now I'm shopping on Instagram and now I'm shopping on Amazon and now um, do you find that? For sure. Well, I mean, for certain mm-hmm. I'm working with you, right? And I, I love working with you and I love your ideas about fashion. I also look to my fashionable friends um, you know, and, and I'm not afraid of asking people what they have on and, and where they got it if it's something that I love and that I think that I could really really use. So I think that it's important to, to be able to have friendships like that, where you can, you know, you can ask people what it is that they have found that looks like such a treasure. Um, but online for sure, I have, um, definitely found some folks online that I follow. I tend to follow, you know, more petite, um, oriented, um, uh, kind of fashion, um, inspiring folks online that have similar body types to mine that I can, I kind of emulate uh, things that I like. Um, try to stay current, but not too too young because I'm not super young anymore. So I just want to be age appropriate um, and also, uh, you know, have a, have a good sense of style. So I try to find find that balance in my life. And I asked you that question because I think it's such a great time now. We don't only have to say no matter where you live, right? Like you used to live in New York, but now you live in Texas. So. Um, and when I do your closet, just to be clear, it's in Texas. It's not in New York. I fly to Texas, but, um, you know, the cool thing about where we are now is that we don't have to say, okay, in New York, it's like the three B's now there's two, but it used to be like Barney's Bergdorf, um, whatever Bloomingdale's. And then you had Saks. 
So actually those were four. That's where everybody went to shop, right? And then, but when you live somewhere else, you don't have all of those options. So it's really nice to have all these different options. I've discovered so many brands from Italy, from, you know, some of the things I buy are not even from New York. They're from London. And I just have them shipped in because you have great companies like matchesfashion.com. And um, there's so many, Teresa, my Teresa, like I love to shop from them. They have great sales. And so it's just nice that we're in a time that we actually have a lot more merchandise to choose from because shopping in a store is not what it used to be. And the truth is, I don't know how much longer we're going to be doing that. And listen, it saddens me to say that because it took me a long time to transition to the online shopping because I am a stylist. I need to see, I need to feel, I need to touch. I don't want to buy something online that comes in a plastic bag. The feeling of that, I don't like it. And so, of course, now I'm all in. I have the fish hook in my mouth. I'm totally there. But I find so many great things on Instagram. And like, okay, I know that the audience can't see this, but look at this really cute pouch that I bought. Can you see that? How cool is this? And I bought that on Instagram. I saw it. And then what I do is I verify the website. I make sure that it's not a janky, you know, whatever. It's not from the LA trading company. They have really cute things. And I am obsessed with this bag and it didn't break the bank. So yeah, I love that we're in a time that we have a lot more options. Now you discovered that you had so many great shoes and handbags that were actually worth restoring and restore you did with the help of some great old world talent in New York City. So can you talk about one or two things that you had restored that came out beautifully? You know, I'm so excited about that because I really did not think they would be salvageable. I mean, I had kept them because I loved them so well and um, they were pieces that fit me well or that had specific sentimental meaning meaning to me. Um, You know, so my first luxury handbags, for example, that I had purchased myself with my own money, you know, those kinds of things that had just been loved really well, um, but weren't presentable anymore. I didn't realize they could even be salvaged. I had kept some of them just for sentimental value. And, um, but I had discovered this company in New York, it's called Vince's Village Cobbler, and they can restore amazing things, things that are really pitiful looking. (laughs) And I was so pleased with what they have done with the things. I actually am still waiting for a couple of pieces to be returned from them, but the pieces that they already have returned, I've sent some boots in uh, that I loved and uh, that were just not looking great anymore. I sent some of those in and they came back just gorgeous. Like they look nearly new. And, uh, I sent some, some beautiful, uh, flats in that I've loved really well. And that I really thought were unsalvageable because they were made of fabric and, uh, but they were very high quality brand. And I thought, you know, I didn't really think that that would work. And actually I could, because I'm in Texas, I could send them photos of the items and then they can assess it and tell me if, if it's going to be salvageable or not. And I sent them in and they're not perfect because these were really bad, but they're, they're good enough that I can get a little bit more love out of them, which I was, I was really pleased with. So that was in my opinion, quite, quite worth it uh, to be able to, to put some more life back into those, those little things. And again, another great option, right? That you can restore things because a lot of times 
people say to me, I really love this dress and you know, it's time for it to go. And I'm like, wait a minute before it goes, let's see if we find someone who is a seamstress or right. That can restore, not restore it for you, but just cut one, cut the same exact, take it apart, cut the pattern. You find the fabric you want and make it again so that you have that dress because there are some things that you're not going to find anymore. And now with fast fashion, people think you can find things faster, but that's not the truth because now that everybody's shopping online, if you don't shop early, you're going to either not get it at all, or you're going to have the leftovers. And people think that that's probably a hoax from the retailer. They're just trying to, to get you to buy it. So they're like three left to have two left. And no, when they say two left or three left, they don't have it. And sometimes I get on the waiting list for something, a really hot item. If I, it happened to me two days ago. I, I was like, okay, my item's back. I was very busy that day. I got home last, uh, I got home that night. I said, okay, let me click on it and buy it. It was gone. And so that is where we're at. But the fact that you can restore treasured items is just such a game changer. And I wanted you to talk about that because I want people to know it's an option and you don't have to live in New York to do it. And if you don't know where to go, there are specific places and I live in New York. And so since I know what they are, you can just, anybody can DM me on Instagram and I will tell you, send them here or send them there or this person does this kind of job or this person, you know? So I think that's such um, a wonderful option to have because it is, it is special when you, you know, when you said that I was like, yeah, I remember the first time I went into a store and spent an obscene amount of money on a handbag, but I bought it for myself. And so that was like the empowering thing that I wanted this thing. I looked at this handbag for two years and I was like, I don't think I could spend that kind of money. And I called my brother who I knew would talk me right out of it because he's a big CEO accountant. And I was like, he's going to tell me that's ridiculous. Why are you spending that much money? And he was like, did you work hard for that money? I was like, of course I did. He was like, do you really love it? I said, yeah, I really do. I've been thinking about it for two years. And he was like, well, then buy it. And I never looked back. So those things that do have sentimental value, I think that, and listen, you may want to restore it and not want to wear it, but just keep it in your closet as a keepsake. You can do that too. Some people have daughters they want to pass it down to or a niece or something like that. Um, But yeah, so thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And I think it's true too, especially for some of these shoes that I've sent in. I mean, they've been shoes that I really love, like the shape or, you know, the design of them and haven't been able, you know, I thought with shoes, often you think, oh, I'll just buy a new pair, but I shopped and shopped for them and I could not, and I bought many pairs and sent them back and took them back and returned them because they just weren't quite it, you know? And, and so when you find something that is it and it just kind of works for you and what you do and what you're trying to accomplish, then if you can restore it, that is definitely going to be the best bet. You're going to be the happiest that way. It's true. Like a slingback, you know how hard it is to find a slingback or maybe a specific kind of peep toe. Those are hard to find that, you know, unless Prada makes it, in the most sophisticated classic way, chances are you're not going to find it until that style comes back again. Mm-hmm. So, and there are certain shoes that I always like to have in my closet. Oh, I don't know what right, that was. Absolutely. Sorry. Absolutely. And, and I tend to, you know, you, for me in particular, 
I know what I like when I see it, you know, and, and nothing quite satisfies that, especially if it's something you've had before. And uh, so that has really, really been, been a great thing for me. One of the great discoveries for me in your closet was rich fabric quality and great timeless styles. Have you noticed a decline in clothing quality overall? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think that that's been part of my frustration with shopping is that I just haven't found or seen like the same quality of things that I already had in my closet. And I was frustrated because I thought my stuff is old though, right? Like it's, I bought it so long ago. Um, there surely there has to be something new and fresh that's, that's equivalent. And, uh, and I just wasn't finding it. And so I think you confirmed that for me, um, you know, when you came and, and, and walked me through my closet, but it's been, that part's been really great to, for me to just say, oh, look at these, you know, look at these pieces that I, that I still have. They've just held up so beautifully. They look great still, and they fit great again, praise the Lord. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so it's just kind of brought this freshness back into my wardrobe, which has been, been really, really fun for me. You know, I was really excited for you because you went on this journey of losing weight and not that you had a lot of weight to lose, but you still had your number and you wanted to get to that number. So how great was it that not only did you accomplish your goal, but then we go into your closet and find all this treasure that like you haven't worn because it didn't fit you. So that was able to preserve it. Then the quality was excellent. And it's true. I, I absolutely notice a decline in quality of garments. And I believe so many factors are at play, like lack of quality control. If you're making so much so fast, well, the quality control, that's not going to be there. The, the artisans and the skilled laborers are few. So you're not going to get what you used to get sometimes on that alone. And I'm sure the investors have a huge role to play in it because think about it. They probably see a better um, return on investment in Zara than they would in Zach Posen, which is why Zach Posen is out of business, which is insane to me because his dresses, it's kind of like what we talked about with the shoes his dresses were like no other and he can put a corset in a dress like nobody can and you won't even see it and that dress will fit you like nobody you'll have that dress forever it's truly like a masterpiece a work of art and the fact that he is no longer in business with that product is just it's so sad. I feel like if somebody tells me Bergdorf Goodman is going to close in a year or two, I mean, you might as well just stick a fork in me because it's such um, it's such an important part of history of fashion. And it's not so much that it's fashion, it's fashion, it's fashion. You know, fashion has helped shape so much of the world and even us as women, our own evolution, right? It The fact that we can buy our own clothing, wear what we want. That's empowering. There's a lot of women in the world who cannot do that. Can you imagine if you're told what to wear or you can't wear this or you've got to, like, we're, I, I feel so grateful. I love to explore my, um, celebrate, I guess, not explore, but celebrate parts of my personality through my wardrobe. 
Right. We are, we are very fortunate to live in a country where we are able to do that. And, and it is really sad to think about all that talent um, that, you know, has gone to the wayside. You know, it's, um, it's a bit of a heartbreak for sure because they are rare. And, um, and so that's just the state of, of where we are, I think, as a society, you know, where, where greed comes in or, um, you know, the desire for fast and easy, you know, comes in to play and can kind of overpower some of that. I, I'm always on the lookout for some of those beautiful classic pieces um, that I can that I can buy because I know that they're going to be, like you said, like super quality and like really beautiful and um, and unique. So, which is not what I'm going to find when I go to the store always. So um, perhaps we'll get back to a time where we have some of those those special rare, rare things, but we've got to hang on, you know, in the meantime. Well, you, you have a closet full of great, fantastic, like I think you probably have Theory's best collection ever. And um, I think you have at least two or three designers, like their best collection. And, and that's good. Especially those theory pieces you have are so strong. And um, that is, uh, that just, you know, and they, they look so good on you. They fit so well. They're cut so well. The fabric is great. It's not what it is today. And so I think you're really fortunate to have that. And, you know, some of my clients do this and I, 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 I'm such an advocate of going on the real real or vestiaire and finding whatever you can because you're probably going to get a better price. I mean, a better quality garment on something that's used <laughs> than you are paying for a full price garment at a department store. Absolutely. And I've had a lot of success. I think I've shared with you on some some special finds that I found on places like the real real. And it's been that's been kind of a new experience for me, not something I've done a lot of, but has been sort of a more uh-huh. recent uh, exploration, if you will. But my experiences so far have been really great on on things that I've found on there. And and I think especially if you know yourself really well and you know what fits well, like I said, you know, you're sizing really well in specific brands, then it helps. And some people, you know, it's not that easy to do, um, you know, where they, you know, they maybe just don't know their sizing really well. For me, I pretty much know my size and what works and what doesn't or what, you know, and I can even tell by looking at a garment if it's going to likely fit me well. And, um, and so that's been helpful, I think, is to just know yourself really well and, and find your like lane and, um, and, and kind of move with that within that lane, if you will, if that makes any sense. So no, it absolutely, it absolutely does. And the beauty is that we're in a place that's what doesn't work for someone else works for you. And the fact that this is like a whole nother business is beyond fascinating. I love it. I get so many things, especially because I know collections and I know certain things. So I'll look and look and look till I find, and most of the time I find it because I'm focused. And also it's really important to find, you know, to lean on your experts, people like you, Eliza, that really have a passion for fashion and really know it so well. I mean, you're, you're living, eating and breathing fashion all day. And so that's where I think the real value is in, in working with someone like you that's so passionate and about this. And I, I love watching you in action, like shopping with you just makes my heart so happy because you just are alive and it just 
brings like this whole new life to a shopping experience. I do not like shopping by myself, but going with Eliza shopping is like a whole new level. So it's, um, it's fun to see you walking in your element. And I'm greatly appreciative of having someone like you that can guide me along the way in a, in a really honest forthright way. Uh, that's that I can trust, you know, and, and it's you're also working in my lane of what works well for me, what I like, um, kind of what what suits me. And and then you can kind of go with it. And I just am. It's just been a, a huge blessing to me to, to be able to work with you in that capacity. Well, I'm truly humbled. I mean that. Thank you. The uh, This is it, this just occurred to me. I didn't even think to tell you this. And this is a true story. Yesterday, I was in a client's closet. OK, she's about that she has the same frame as you she's just a little taller than you and so she had two pieces that she was like you know great pieces in fact i'm the one who went shopping with her to get those pieces and um, she was like i don't know about these you know i put on i'm back to my normal weight because she was very thin during covid and she put on so now she's back to her normal weight she feels great and she's like i don't think these two items fit me anymore and so i was it was so funny because i was like well I want, I made her try them on, but I was like, if they don't fit her, then I'll see. I think they might be great for Natalie. And I love looking at people's things, including my own saying, okay, this doesn't work for me. Who is this going to work for? I have this amazing, gorgeous, gorgeous handmade leather jacket that doesn't fit me. And I don't want to part with it. And I haven't wanted to part with it, but I'm looking for the person who it's going to work for so that I can go about it that way. So you almost had two items, but they did fit her. So, um, but don't worry, I keep my eyes out for you, but it's, I didn't even think to tell you that I forgot, but I was like, okay, I know who that's for. I know who that's for you. I want to change lanes a little bit. I mean, we've talked about the hidden treasures in your closet, but I want to talk about the hidden treasures of your heart. And I'm talking about besides your three gorgeous, wonderful children and your awesome husband. You created something wonderful during COVID lockdown called Popcorn Thanks, and it's a family game. And I want you to tell our listeners about that. Oh, yes. I So it's a project that I had really been working on for, for quite a while, and it, it really came to fruition during COVID. But it's a, um, I wanted something that would that I could give to my children when they leave my house one day. And they're still little, but you know, I, I'm watching their childhood pass before my eyes quite quickly. And there's a game that we have played with them since they were tiny that we call Popcorn Thanks. And it's a game that many people play around Thanksgiving time. They, they may not call it Popcorn Thanks, but they may, may do this before a big Thanksgiving meal. But they will go around a table and say something that they're thankful for. We call it Popcorn Thanks, and we play it all the time in our house. And so I created this product for my kids to be able to have something tangible to take with them when they leave my house one day. And during the process, I thought, you know, not everyone is doing this on a regular basis, and there's so much value in practicing gratitude daily. And so I decided to make it a product that others can uh can benefit from as well. So it's called Popcorn Thanks, and it includes a little um, a hardback children's book and a little hand knit uh, organic and fair trade popcorn toy that's used to play this little game of gratitude. And so it's been really fun to, to watch that little passion project of mine come to life. I love that you put structure to it, right? Because it's like you took 
that and you said, let me add some structure to it. Let me add some style to it. Let me add some flair to it. <laughs> and let me include, because it sounds to me like it would be for all ages, right? Right. I mean, the product, if you, when you see the product, it, it's, it's geared towards a younger, um, a younger audience because it is a children's book. So it's a tangible way for children to sort of embrace the concept, but the game itself is something that can be played with people of all ages. I mean, it's, it's gratitude. It's sharing things that are, you know, good in your life and, and taking note of the good in your life. And so it's really something, something for everyone. There's been, you know, a lot of research that's, Uh, been conducted about the effects of gratitude on your life, about how it can make you happier and healthier and more capable of handling really hard things that come into your life. And so it's, it's something that I want for my kids, but it's something that I want for myself and for my husband as well. We've been through a lot of hard times in our, in our marriage, a lot of really great times and a lot of hard times too. And, and gratitude has been something that we've really been clinging to uh, throughout this process. Um, you know, throughout this journey of life, there's always going to be ups and downs. And, uh, and if you can always look to the good, you can really, you can really get through the hard. And, and so I'm excited to, to share it, to share it with others. I think the genius is how you positioned it maybe for children, because isn't that where it should start anyway? Right. So I feel like if their conditions now at, you know, to appreciate gratitude and to embrace it and to recognize it, and to receive it and to live it. Like, I just think that that's awesome and it's contagious. It totally is. And it's really great for children to, to start, like I said, that habit because it changes their mindset. And so it becomes their, you know, sort of default response to situations is more of the good in that situation. And, um, and so if they, can, if they can start that young, it's just going to carry with them throughout their lives. So it's a really, a really essential tool to equip them with when they're young. I just, this is, it makes my heart so happy. Uh, What are one of the best stories you've heard from a customer as a result of Popcorn Thanks? We launched Popcorn Thanks. I launched it earlier this year. So it's just getting started. And I've had lots of different stories coming back from people of all ages. So children who are loving it and loving sharing it with their families. If they're the ones to bring it home, they really love being able to share that activity with their family or with their friends or with their cousins. So I've heard a lot of a lot of those stories. I've had a lot of grandparents buying it for grandchildren as a product, you know, project to do with them. And so that's been really fun uh, to hear those stories. They're, they've been really amazed at how really young children can start verbalizing things that they are grateful for, which has been you know, pretty fun. And then I've also had like a a whole group of teachers that um, were able to play popcorn thanks at the end of last year. Now, last year, as you know, for many teachers, it was a very difficult COVID year of navigating all of the COVID requirements and trying desperately to keep everyone safe and healthy. And they, these teachers, they, they were at a Montessori school, they played a game of popcorn thanks. And it was a real emotional time for them. They shared with me afterwards that it was just a really like deep, deeply emotional time for them, but also just a really healing time for them to talk about the good that had happened in that year. And, and they were so impacted by it. They ended up incorporating it into all of their classrooms for this year. And it's, like I said, it's a simple little game that's really targeted to children, but it's impactful for, for adults as well. And so um, it's it's been really inspiring for me to to hear these 
these stories of people bringing this little popcorn into their house and, and playing what seems like a really simple little game. And it is a simple little game, a simple little concept, but it has, has a great, a great impact. It's been fun. Well, now that it seems like we're going to get back to a normal Thanksgiving, whatever that looks like, right? Or whatever that means. I think it's like the perfect time, right? To incorporate something like that. Um, it is something that in our family, we all we always do. We go around the table and say, what are you thankful for? How could you not do that? Like, how could you not do that? And um, I think that coming out of the climate that I say coming out of, I hope that we're coming out of perspective has really been shifted right on, on personal levels. It's like, we're at a whole new level. So, um, I think that that's like a perfect thing to really incorporate into Thanksgiving as a family tradition, Mm -hmm. you know, especially now that there's some structure to it. So I love that idea. Where can people buy popcorn? Thanks. So it's available on um, on our website, which is popcornthanks.com. You can buy it there and we can ship it um, wherever you may be. So it's uh, it's available there. You can also follow us on social media or send us messages through there if you have any questions about the product. But you can find a lot of information there on our website, popcornthanks.com. Well, this is something that I'm grateful for this Thanksgiving. Clients like you, friendships that coming that come out of having clients like you, like not only do I adore you, but your whole family. Like I love your family. They're awesome. And, um, you know, working with you is a pleasure. And so these are some of the things that I'm really, truly grateful for in my life because I knew that I did not want to work in a store. I really wanted to help people at a much more organic level. And I didn't want to try to push people to spend an obscene amount of money just because they had it, right? To buy clothing because that's not what life is about. And so doing it my way worked. And I'm so glad that I stuck with this idea, even when it was not popular at all, because when COVID hits, I really didn't have that much to worry about because I just didn't, you know, when my business was shut down for a while, it was, but as soon as it was over, I went back. And so I'm just truly great. I have like 8 million things to be grateful for, but, um, thank you for the popcorn. Thanks. Which puts it all into perspective. (laughs) You are such a gift. You have such a talent. You are so made for this and you're so good at what you do and you, um, you're, you just really love on people well. And so I'm just grateful to have met you and to be working with you. And I just think you're a gift to this world, girl, and you just are doing a great job. So I am grateful for you. Flattery will get you everywhere. No, thank you. I I really thank you. I really thank you. Can you please, um, Natalie, tell people where they can find you, tell them your website, where they can find you on Instagram, you know, they may have questions about popcorn things. They may have questions about your restoration of your handbags or your shoes. So please let them know where they can find you. Absolutely. It's probably easiest to find me um, on social media at popcorn. Thanks. Uh, You can find me there. You can message me there. You can also email me at hello at popcorn. Thanks. And I will answer that as well. Um, But yeah, I would love to hear from anybody that has any questions, anything that I can that I can answer, I would be happy to. And I am most definitely not the fashion expert. That would be you. But I am learning along the way and growing and, and getting better each day. So, Well, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your um, your journey, right? Through your closet and your personal style. 
and all those hidden treasures in your closet because you have a lot. Like there's two, two um, clients that really stick out to me when it comes to hidden treasures and you're one of them because like you had an abundant amount of hidden treasures that you didn't know. And so, and you're getting to wear it again. I'm so glad that I saved them. Oh, and there are some that I did get rid of that I, you know, would get frustrated with because they weren't fitting and I, you know, would get rid of them. And and I think about them even still because they were, you know, I I loved those too and and they are gone. And so, but I am glad that I saved the majority of those items because they are, they are not done yet. They still have a lot of life left in them. And so I'm going to be able to continue to enjoy them. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that you were able to come in and kind of just rejuvenate that for me. Such a gift. So thank you. Thank you. You're you're a gift to me. And thank you for mentioning that because if whoever's listening, don't get rid of things in your closet before consulting with someone. Even if you don't want to consult with an expert, consult with the most fashionable or the most stylish person you know. That means if it's outside of your house, then make it be outside of your house because then you're going to get mad that your husband told you to throw that away and you didn't listen to him. Well, then you should know better than to ask your husband if he doesn't have great advice for style. So it's really simple. It's one plus one equals two. You always have me. And thank you for joining the conversation. You can always find me on Instagram at Wardrobe Boss or at Wardrobe Boss Podcast. And I hope that you get some great takeaways from my wonderful guests, just like Natalie and the Popcorn Thanks team. And I thank you so much, Natalie. I really thank you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. And thank you for joining the conversation on the Wardrobe Boss Podcast. Thank you, Eliza. And happy Thanksgiving to you and all of those that you love. We, we miss you here in Texas and hope we can see you again here soon. Me too. Thank you. Be well. Wardrobe Boss is hosted and produced by Eliza Perilla. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Wardrobe Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Wardrobe Boss is a mean old line media production. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.